0: Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you.
1: Adam, I think, I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk <laughs> out the door.
0: On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Penguins played like ass last night. They lost to the Detroit Red Wings 5-2. The Red Wings stink. Last night, the Penguins were worse. Ho-hum. The Penguins are bored. Their real season starts on April 12th. They might not admit it, but they know it to be true. The Penguins have won the Stanley Cup in back-to-back seasons. They know what it takes to win when the stakes are at their highest, but that hasn't stopped fans from freaking out. Hell, it hasn't stopped the media from throwing out doomsday scenarios. Richie Walsh last night tweeted, he from KDKA-TV, that the Penguins are in danger of Not just falling to a wild card spot, but maybe falling out of the playoffs altogether. Spoiler alert, the Penguins will still make the playoffs. While the Penguins are up by four points on the eighth place team, they're seven points up on the ninth place team. That's what actually matters. Richie's hair hasn't moved since he came out of the womb, so don't let him cause you to pull yours out. Some fans have bitched and moaned that Ian Cole has been traded and Broussard is not the answer and Ian Cole leaving is the reason the Penguins' defense corps is all out of whack. I guess that Ian Cole is the greatest defenseman of all time. The Penguins don't have a chance without him. Again, let me remind you that the Penguins won the Cup last year without their best defenseman. They'll survive without Ian Cole. Need I remind you that the Penguins were 4-4-2 and down the stretch last year? That team wound up winning the cup. Are they playing well right now? No. Do they need to manage the puck better and play more sound in the defensive zone? Yeah, without a doubt. But I'll let the track record speak for itself. Mike Sullivan knows how to push all the right buttons. He's 8-0 in playoff series as the head coach of the Penguins. If you want to freak out about the Penn struggles right now, go right ahead. Stress yourself out. Wake me up when the playoffs start. In fact, I'll give the Penguins that wake-up call. That little nudge. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. We are nothing if we aren't accurate on this show. We're also nothing if we aren't transparent. I said like a dozen times yesterday that Jeff Capel was six games under five hundred. What I meant to say was that he was six games under five hundred in his last two years in Oklahoma. I feel shame. I'm so sorry. I should actually just resign. In fact, let's bring the old guy back. Okay, welcome back. Just kidding. I will not be resigning. I'm hitting ratings bonuses left and right, baby, and I'll continue to make mistakes without you caring. If you make a mistake on a sports show, nobody gets hurt. When you misreport something having to do with national security, well, then someone can lose an election. I work hard, but even the great Adam Crowley will make a mistake every once in a while. Nobody will get hurt, and we'll all move on to the Welcome best back of- What now, Tom? Uh, Jeff Cable was nine games under 500 in his last two seasons at Oklahoma. He was six games under 500 overall in the conference. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Wow. Capel was twenty-seven and thirty-six in his last two years at Oklahoma. He was six games under five hundred in conference play in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma made the tournament a dozen straight years under Kelvin Sampson. A dozen. Capel made it two out of five. Again, that's not to say that he can't be better this time around. But going to the tournament forty percent of the time at Oklahoma is not a good look. His recruiting said to be great. I've got a buddy who was a student assistant for Duke basketball under Coach K, and he said that he'd take a bullet for Jeff Cable. I mean, that sounds a little extreme to me, but he's a dude that players love. But how much of his recruiting success was due to the fact that he was recruiting players to Duke? How much of his recruiting success at Oklahoma was due to an assistant coach giving out impermissible benefits? I don't know the answers to those questions. But here's the bottom line. Heather like. Just bought herself some time, and she just bought herself some street cred, bitches. All of my concerns aside, this hire is being universally praised in the basketball community. More importantly, it's being received well by Pitt fans. Tom was wearing his Pitt script t-shirt yesterday because he was so pumped about the hire. Tom's dad texted him today and said he was getting two season tickets for Pitt basketball next year. The fan base has a pulse again. They've got hope again. And I've said it a bunch on this show that hope is both the greatest thing in sports and the worst thing in sports. Stallings didn't exactly inspire confidence when they brought him in. He didn't inspire hope. He was no Obama. And then he lost every conference game this year. If Jeff Capel wins a few games next year, he'll be considered a success. And Heather will looked like a genius. You see, making the tournament and winning games are important. But changing the perception of the program needed to happen first... And even if he won't be able to do the former, Pitt's got the latter taken care of. Perception changed. Winning games? Eh, we'll see. You know what we didn't see today? Pomp and circumstance. We didn't hear anybody tell Heather like to come clean about anything. There weren't trumpets. There were no cheerleaders. There was no frills. Heather like hired a basketball coach. The excitement didn't need to be created. It was organic. Heather like won the day. Jeff Capel won the day. Let's see if together they can make Pit great again. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Boy, did I
1: butcher that yesterday, though. Butchered it. It was awful stuff, man. Really yeah. bad. It's embarrassing as a program. Embarrassing.
0: My cousin, who I think would kind of. Describe himself as a nihilist, said that sports don't matter, sports talk doesn't matter, really nothing that we do matters. And I'll agree with all that. So for me to screw up on a sports radio show, I don't really care. I come to work prepared every single day. I have a mountain of notes. I've got Brian. I've got Tom. They fact-check me. We all make sure things are running smoothly. Yesterday didn't happen because Tom was playing Fortnite because Brian stayed up till 4.30 in the morning playing Fortnite, and I don't know what my problem was, but
1: part of the blame goes to them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why? But here's the deal. Again, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't.
0: Come to me for entertainment. Come to me for information. But come for me. Yeah, come for me. But come to me for information second. Entertainment first. That's why the ratings are up 700%. And I'm hitting ratings bonuses left and right. Information in the sports realm is important, sure. You would like fans to be informed. I get it. But you're being informed about sports. You're being informed about men playing games. You're being informed about an orange ball going through a damn hoop. They used to play it with peach baskets. Hockey's stupid. They're running around on swords. They punch each other in the face whenever they rub each other out. It's weird. Sports are bizarre. Football's killing people. Fact. Look it up. People dying. Soccer's sinfully boring. But none of it actually makes any sense. None of it really is that important. And here's the problem. Everything gets so hyper-analyzed these days because there's so many column inches that need to be filled. There's so much airtime that needs to be filled that controversies need to be cooked up all the time. And if you don't have everything nailed perfectly, if you don't have all your screws screwed in, you haven't hammered all the nails, you're the bad guy. You're the worst. Screw you. You don't know what you're talking about. Calm down, people. And with the hyperanalysis, doesn't just come people screaming at sports hosts or tweeting angrily at sports hosts. It also creates people, fans, who want to react over the top about every single thing that happens. Whether it's good or bad, the reaction is always over the top. Case in point, last night, Penguins lose 5-2 to the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings stink. They suck. They're terrible. People, though, off the chain angry about the Penguins losing a regular season game when they're going to make the playoffs anyhow. But the doomsday scenarios start to get created because somebody's got to do the nightly sports call, and somebody's got to host a show across the street, and column inches need to be filled, and air hours need to be eaten up. All that shiz creates panic and pandemonium, and it causes stress about something that need not be stressed about. If you want to be pissed about the Penguins playing poorly in the playoffs, be my guest. If you want to be upset that the Penguins lose a playoff series, I totes get it. Totes my goats. Understand. But when they lose a regular season game, come on. They've bought enough street cred to be able to do that, and you not think the wheels are falling off. Let's fast forward to today at noon. Just hit that button on your T-vote. Fast forward today, noon Press conference, Heather Like Jeff Cable. How many media members did you see Tweet today about how this guy Won the press conference He won the press conference Jim Colony, loved the guy He works at the station across the street Said, I have no doubt Pitt will be back How do you not have any doubt They didn't win a conference game this year And what exactly does back mean Back to the Jamie Dixon days Where they were going to the tournament in 11 out of 13 years? What's back mean? Tell me what back means. Because if getting to the NCAA tournament means you're back, then okay, maybe they can get back. Still don't know if they can, but maybe they can. If it's going to the Elite Eight and winning conference championships and making a stank in the conference tournament, then you absolutely cannot say after a press conference that you know that Pitt will be back at that level. You cannot. It goes both ways. There's the pitfalls of being a fan. Pun absolutely intended. You're watching the Penguins and they lose a game and oh my god the sky is falling. I'm going to go throw myself off the Clemente Bridge. Then Pitt brings in a coach. Hasn't coached a damn game since he coached at Oklahoma. And now all of a sudden he's Jesus? He's going to resurrect the program right around Easter? Everyone needs to calm the bleep down on both sides here. If you're a Pitt fan... Stop telling me things are going to be great because you know who it's unfair to? That guy. Expectations need to be reasonable. They weren't with Jamie Dixon. That's what made him leave. Now the expectation is this guy's the savior. That's not fair to him. The expectation should be that he gets pit back to a healthy spot where they are contending for NCAA tournaments. When they win six games at most next year in the conference, don't come screaming to me that he didn't do enough. It's going to go bit by bit. It's going to take time. Season by season, recruit by recruit, sometimes a transfer is going to need to come in. It's going to take time. He ain't fighting Coach K for recruits next year. Breathe. Look at things in a context understand where Pitt is nationally as a basketball program and realize it might take some time as for the penguins again please look at the context the penguins were out of the playoffs prior to the start of the new year now they're there they can turn it on when they need to there was a time when uh uh-oh are the penguins gonna make the playoffs was a legitimate concern not for me because I'm smart but it was a legitimate concern But what happened is they turned it around. They played good hockey. They're now in this position because they played good hockey when they needed to. This team has problems. But they are not great. This team has problems that are all fixable. All fixable by the guy who's won eight straight playoff series. Context matters. I'm getting tweets left and right. Chris Letang's not that good. Ian Cole was great. How about this Broussard guy? Him coming in is really throwing off the chemistry of this team. He's not playing all that well. Blah, 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 blah. Not making the playoffs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Richie Welch is here. Oh, my God. Breathe. Context. Where were they? Where are they going? The right now doesn't matter so much with this team. Same thing with Pitt. Where were they? Where are they going? Pitt under Jamie Dixon, NCAA tournament. Under Kevin Stallings, stock. Where do they go from here? Today doesn't change anything. Let the guy get on the recruiting trail. Let the guy sweat on the sideline a bit. Context matters. Don't be dumb. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Andrew does. He says the Penguins need to make the playoffs first. These games are big points. You got to listen, man. And you got to have faith. If this is a Dan Bylsma coach team, I might be a little bit worried because they had playoff flameouts. If it's a Mike Johnston coach team, I'm worried about them making the playoffs. With Mike Sullivan... I've known nothing but greatness, nor have you, except the greatness. Swim around in it a little bit. Enjoy it. You're a fan. Your life is depressing. Don't let the team depress you when it's not even playoff time. And isn't that the funny thing? All y'all lives suck. Sometimes mine does. When I'm in the middle of a panic attack, I'd rather just throw myself off the Clemente Bridge. But you take a breath and you move on. Sports are supposed to be the escape. Don't rile yourself up in the midst of trying to find that escape about something that you don't need to worry about. If you really want to get bent out of shape about them missing the playoffs, wait till they do it. If you really want to get all that bent out of shape about them losing in the playoffs, wait until they do it. Anything other than that, it's just wasted time, wasted energy, wasted breath. You're dumb. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Up next, Eamon Brennan from The Athletic covers college basketball. How good of a hire is Jeff Capel for Pitt? And what's going on in the NCAA tournament? He'll tell us next. It's the Crowley Show
1: there's a photographer out here who wants to do a piece on jimmy john's for her magazine what kind of piece uh well she heard about a clothing optional delivery policy and uh did you tell her the naked driver incident was a momentary misunderstanding yes sir but did you tell her it's our meats that
0: are going on natural not our drivers yes sir that's not did you tell her jimmy john's is committed to serving sandwiches with only the finest all natural
2: ham
1: roast beef salami bacon and real fresh turkey breast yes sir i did sir so she wants to photograph our sandwiches no sir actually she wants to do a calendar a what a calendar you know the men of jimmy john's dibs on january I mean, for real, man, you've, you've got to work harder at getting stuff right. At least, like, pretend. I mean, just. A oh, little... I pretended. Yeah, you pretended. I pretended right. damn yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I'm an never... actor. Wow. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic.
0: Pitts got a coach. Maybe he'll win a conference game. The NCAA tournament is winding down, but it's also ramping up. Eamon Brennan from The Athletic joins us now here on The Crowley Show. Eamon, hey, thank you so much for taking the time today.
2: Yeah, happy to do it, man.
0: Eamon, how good of a hire is Jeff Capel for Pitt?
2: I, I I think it's a pretty, like, I mean, look, what I've heard from Pitt fans, I was down there, I guess it was probably a month ago now, or I should say up there, um, and working on a story about Pitt and how it, how it had fallen this far and sort of where people were with it. Um, and then sort of looking into that and going through the paces of, of, uh, the last couple of years in the program. The, like any other fan base, right? The expectation for who was going to not only be available to hire, but would agree to come there seemed a little bit out of whack. Um, and as someone who went to Indiana University, I know very well how this stuff works, uh, and I, I don't. So I don't know what Pit fans' reaction to that is going to be, but um, I think it is just about as good as, as you could probably hope for. And I would be honestly interested to hear what the local reaction would be because I've been so locked in on the tournament for the past couple of weeks that I haven't really kept up with with where sort of people are on. Pit program, how much of an upgrade this would be? I mean, obviously anything would be an upgrade, but but sort of the degrees of separation there. Um, honestly, I'd be, I'd be this is an unconventional approach to a radio uh, interview, but I would honestly love to hear kind of what the feel is there um, in your experience or, or your understanding right now.
0: Yeah, they are all in. Pit fans are. I'm a West Virginia guy, so uh, I really wanted <laughs> I wanted to see the program go down in flames, Eamon. I mean, I wanted to see them burn. They already did that. They're they're already dead. Yeah, they're like a phoenix now. They're trying to emerge from the ashes here. And I think that today, uh, I, they're just going to gonna send that guy up to the rafters. I think Jeff Capel is actually just hanging from the rafters at the uh, University of Pittsburgh at the Peterson Event Center because they really believe that this is the guy now to pull them out of the doldrums. And one of the reasons why is the recruiting, Eamon, and mm-hmm. I know he did well at Duke. But Duke kind of does well because it's Duke. Uh, Oklahoma is, I think, a better program, an easier program to sell than the University of Pittsburgh. So I'm wondering now if his recruiting can now translate to the University of Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, I mean, that'll be very interesting. I think that um, there's no question that his uh, recruiting ability was, Um, a major factor in his his time at Duke. I think if you look at um, sort of the timeline of when he got there and, like, the players that started coming and the classes they started having this year and and next year, especially um, sort of not only competing with, but, but actually in many cases, especially recently, beating Kentucky, which used to be unthinkable even two, three, four years ago. Um, that that is the, the correlation is, is correct there. Like he is a big driver of that recruiting. Um, I think that being like having those skills and, and however we want to quantify them at a place like Duke is, you know, it's like having it on steroids, right? Like being able to sell Duke is with all due respect to pit fans, different than being able to sell Pitt or being able to sell even Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, those connections are real, and those relationships are real, and uh, it's the ACC, and I think a lot of that still holds if if you're able to, um, at the very least, be in the picture for um, – maybe you won't get the Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter's of the world uh, every year or, or whatever, but you can – if you can – Factor down 10 or 20 or 30 places in the recruiting rankings, that would still put you in, in way better shape on a yearly basis uh, than where the program has been the last couple of years. And, and honestly, Jamie Dixon recruited pretty well, but it, sure. it was never really his thing. His thing was sort of developing teams over the long haul and having juniors and seniors who were very sort of system oriented guys. So um, if you can blend that kind of approach, um, which is, you know, maybe sort of classic pit versus new pit. Um, I think you can absolutely be successful, but but if people are expecting uh, Marvin Bagley um, the fourth to show up next year, like it, it that's probably not going to happen. At least not right away.
0: Last couple of things with Eamon Brennan about the pit stuff and the uh, and everything going on there with the coaching hire. What is the national perspective on pit basketball? And you said you did a story about a month ago about what got Pitt to that point. Uh, what, in your opinion, did get Pitt to that point?
2: Well, I think, I mean, the way the, hand, the, the, the firing was handled, um, or excuse me, the hiring was handled, I think um, really put Kevin Stallings in a position where even if he had done particularly well or handled things particularly well, or however you want to say it, um, still would not have been a fan favorite. Uh, I don't, I, that's, that's probably an understatement. And so, to me, it is a, a case of um, sort of classically college basketball-y type of hire a searching firm, hire someone who you know who's um, fine and, and like, well-respected but doesn't have anything particularly interesting or exciting, and is very sort of low-risk or seems low-risk at the time, and doesn't, uh, doesn't really change um, the trajectory of the program as you understand it. Uh, and and I think that that's the big um, fault that we see in a lot of coaching hires. And then, you know, I think this past year was like, like it's sort of you don't really notice how bad a team is until it gets down to when I was working on my story and they're a game or two away from, from going 0-18 in, in the ACC and I was there during the Virginia game. Um, the weekend I was up, and it was just like, this is just sad.
1: Um,
2: And so I think that uh, everyone kind of, you know, it it wasn't that long ago that we can all remember, uh, even on a national level, how good Pitt was and also how good uh, the Pete was. And I think that um, this is probably regarded as more of an aberration, but I do think there is sort of a, at least from what I've heard, sort of a low-level concern that the move to the ACC Fundamentally changed the kind of player that was able to attract, and um, Jamie Dixon made do with it for a little while. And um, that is sort of a a bigger systemic thing that, honestly, you know, hiring a guy like Jeff Cable might be your best bet of solving. If he can just recruit nationally um, and and those sort of like nuanced concerns don't come in about recruiting, then um, that might be the best thing you can possibly do. But uh, I think most people, at least. On a national level, just talking casually about my story over the last couple of weeks um, during the tournament or whatever, uh, it's kind of a bummer because Pitt was one of those programs that, that was really fun to have be good because of how good the fans were, and I think there's, you know, everyone's probably hoping that that you know, uh, now Jeff Capel can get some of that back.
0: Last thing here for you on Capel, he was kind of viewed by some as maybe the heir apparent to Coach K if things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship, ship, pardon me, whether for the love of God, whether it it was to Duke or anywhere else. Would that even be the worst thing? If he was able to turn things around to get Pitt back to some relevance, uh, the next guy would have a far better job that he's jumping into.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the whole uh, heir apparent to Coach K thing is so hard to figure out because... Um, you know, look around the country, Chris Collins at Northwestern, Steve Wojciechowski at, uh, at Marquette. I mean, there are so many Coach K alums, uh, for a while it was Tommy Amaker, um, you know, that have gone out on their own and, and taken a job, um, usually at private institutions, uh, to kind of prove themselves or try to prove themselves. Uh, Mike Bray is not someone who I think when he went to Notre Dame was thinking about this, but, but a lot of the guys in the last five to ten years I'm almost certainly have been. Um, it's so hard to figure that stuff out, and, and Coach K is 71 now or whatever and doesn't appear to have any desire to retire anytime soon. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think that that's not a, uh, an impossible scenario. Like, it has a non-zero chance of happening, but – um, trying to project out from here at this point, the way Coach K acts and the way he still coaches and, and the talent, uh, he's been able to bring in, you know, who knows? He's already got a thousand, you know, a thousand on wins, and it wouldn't surprise me if he coached another four or five years at this point.
0: Eamon Brennan, the athletic, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Has this year's chaotic NCAA tournament been good for the game, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I think you want to see good teams. Um because that you know, there is that low lying element of um people want to see the best talent, particularly NBA fans wanna you know, I, I sometimes find that, that NBA fans will tune in more uh for the final four than the opening rounds of the tournament. Um, and this is completely anecdotal, but it just seems like um, you know, if you got a team like thirty eight and one Kentucky there the same year the best, um Uh, Tyus Jones or Justice Winslow Duke team is there and it's like okay we're gonna watch all you know Seven of the best 20 players in the draft this year or whatever all all on the same floor Um, So you want to have that and I think you do have that with Villanova and Kansas not the same sort of NBA star power, but two really entertaining top-seeded teams um, that will have a great sort of main event Final Four game and um, if you want to call it the undercard, is, is sort of the thing that makes the tournament special in Loyola Chicago, um, and, and a very good Michigan team that um, was sort of right in the middle of the curve in terms of I think Final Four expectations, not uh, super unlikely, but you know not most people's favorite. Had plenty of, of sort of Final Four support, but but not a you know not at the same level as as Virginia or Michigan State or Duke. So I think it's a good blend. Like it, it is what the tournament is. Um, in a lot of ways, it represents the best things about the tournament, which is um, or which are, you know, you want the best team to go try and win a national title. And Villanova has been either the best team or the second best team in the country basically all year long. And Kansas is, is not too far behind. Um, and then, you know, you want to see unlikely things happen that you can't see in the NBA playoffs um, or really in, in any other sport because it's a single elimination tournament. And the team gets hot. They play really well. They're locked in. And they're good, like Loyola Chicago or or Michigan. Um, And, you know, they're in the Final Four playing in a football stadium with, you know, whatever, uh, however many thousands of people watch them, although it's it's in the Alamo Dome this year. So it's slightly different. But uh, the point remains, this is sort of what you want to see, I think, generally in the tournament. um, You don't want it to go too too far in either extreme uh, most of the time. And, And I think it's been a really good tournament. For that reason, it, it's kind of, this is why we like the tournament. We want to see the good teams, absolutely, um, but we, we want to have these stories uh, that go beyond basketball that a lot of people can sort of galvanize around that are interesting, even if you really don't care one way or the other who wins the national title.
0: Hey, Eamon, who wins the national title?
2: Villanova, I think. Um, if Duke had beaten Kansas, if Grayson Allen's shot had gone in, I might not be saying that. In fact, I picked Duke to win it all. Um, uh, before the tournament started, I, I just think they present different matchups to Villanova, uh, than Kansas does. I think Kansas is actually, um, maybe for the first time in Bill South tenure, really similar to a team like this Villanova team. And two, uh, incredible veteran point guards up front, uh, very flexible sort of one through four guard play, um, with guys like Mikal Bridges and, and, C who can kind of, um, do some stuff in the post and, and go down low a little bit. Uh, one essential center, uh, more or less, uh, in that starting five. And you know, Amari Stoltman for Villanova, and a and bouquet for Kansas. Um, I just think that Villanova is a better version of that. That, that that's what they've been for years, and they have sort of perfected the formula, at least on offense, this year in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't know that Kansas is is quite at that elite level with them. And I, and I think, obviously, you know, in terms of expectation, you have to. Whoever, you know, sort of wins Kansas and, and Villanova, I think you have to take them over um, whichever team comes out of the other side of the Final Four, and I just think Villanova uh, all year long has has either been the best best team in the country or depending on how many, uh, you know, 40-point games in a row that Virginia allowed, maybe the second best, but um, right now Villanova is, is the best team in the field, I think by a, a reasonably fair margin, and it would surprise me if they weren't able to uh, uh, to bring it home, particularly given the way they, they won last weekend, right? Not shooting well, turning the ball over against West Virginia. Um, it's still getting through Boston and, and getting here. I think um, it wouldn't shock me if they had, uh, if that offense came back, and if it does, you know, they could bury just about anybody uh, in a couple minutes and, and, and make it very, very uh, academic in, in a big-time game.
0: Just one team, and I'd like to see West Virginia be on the side of the bracket that doesn't have a number 1 seed that's lost like three games all season long. I think the last three times they got ousted, they were playing Villanova-Gonzaga in Kentucky, and they had to combine five losses. So fingers crossed and better luck next time. Hey, thanks so much for the time, buddy. Really appreciate it
2: happy to do it. Enjoy the final four, and uh, we'll
0: talk to you soon. You too. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Eamon Brennan from The Athletic. Very good stuff there from him. Coming up next, I said a bad word. <laughs> I did. I actually think I caught myself before the tea came out.
1: We're going to have to go to the tape, I think.
0: We are. And, in fact, eh, let's play it. Let's find out whether or not I did say it. That's coming up next. And I'll tell you what. This Jeff Capel guy, he is in a no-lose situation. It's the Crowley Show. The ratings are up 700%, mostly because you don't know what's coming at you next. You just don't know what's going on. I had a sales guy in the elevator today stop me and say, man, the ratings are going up, huh? I said, yep.
1: He's like, that's new. Can I tell you, that has never, never happened until until the three of us here have started owning this place. That has never happened.
0: Has not happened on this station.
1: Sales didn't even realize we were here, pretty much, or that there was a slot here. You know, I mean, it was kind of like white noise that was happening before this show happened. And, and now people are taking notice. In the hallways, people coming up. Hey, you guys are nuts. What was that you did yesterday? It's exactly what a successful show sounds like. It is weird, and we're okay with it. It's also at an
0: odd spot where if the ratings go up anymore, we're going to have all kinds of new hands in on it, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. People are going to try to suck money off of it. It'll be interesting. But it is amazing. That we've been so successful when really these last two days Things have been coming out of my mouth that have no business coming out of my mouth Yesterday I said that Jeff Capel Was a bad coach When really he's like 60 games over 500 in his career It looks good on the surface, he checks all the boxes, but here's the thing Seven games under 500 In his coaching career as a head coach. So here's the real thing. Jeff Cable was 27-36 and his last two years at Oklahoma. He was six games under five hundred in conference play in the Big 12. That's what I meant to say, but I kept repeating it over and over and over again in yesterday's show. And then when we were just talking to Eamon in the last segment, (laughs) I think I swore, but I'm not sure. Let's let you determine it. If things played out well for him at Pit, I could see him jumping ship. W- ship pardon me,
1: weather for the love of God. Oh, there's no hard T there. I think there's a hard T.
0: I don't know. It does sound like there's a little. T- oh, you at both the end think there. that it's there. I it,
1: think it's there. Let, here, let me hear it again. Tom. I don't think it's there. If
0: things played out well for him at Pit, I could see him jumping ship. W- ship pardon me, weather for oh, th- the love of God. Uh, yeah, Pit. 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 Play it again. If though. things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship. ship pardon me. I don't think hope, so. I think the, I think what you heard there at the end was the guttural sound that my esophagus made whenever I was I was pulling it back in as fast as it was coming out. That's what you she said. said I think you said it. Well, that's the way it goes on this show. I also got told during the break because now there are all kinds of hands in on the program. Everyone's trying to take credit for our success that I give, give the phone number out too much. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley.
1: It's so weird. We used to be able to fly under the radar and just do our bits and stuff, and now everybody's just coming out. Like we'll probably catch crap for that that uh, S bomb right there. I didn't say it.
0: If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship. ship pardon me. It's, it's not there. Oh, it's God! There. It's not there, Tom. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Was there a hard T or no T? At underscore Adam Crowley, and I have to give the number out now because if people think that there's a hard T, I I <laughs> have know. to. He has to. Seriously, I would like to know four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Do you think that that's an offense? I don't think so. One more time, Tom. If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship. Ship, pardon me. Weather, oh for the love of God, Jeff Capel's in a no lose situation. <laughs> I felt bad for Josh Getzoff when he earned the pre- and post-game duties on the Penguins radio network because he was replacing Bob Grove. No matter how good Getzoff was, he was going to hear about how he stacked up against Grover. FYI, Getzoff's great. And I want him to be my friend because he's going to be a huge success one day. He also calls a heck of a hockey game. But that doesn't make the transition any less jarring for fans, and it isn't easy on the new guy. Trust me, I've been the new guy. Imagine the dude who takes over for Madden when he dies. <clears throat> or if Stan ever retires. That poor chump does not stand a chance. Taking over for a legend is never an easy thing to do. Hell, Kevin Ollie won a natty at UConn, and he still got ousted. Why? He wasn't Calhoun. But could you imagine an easier job to take than the pit coaching job? He ain't taking over for a hero. He's taking over for a zero- Jeff Cable can win one conference game next year, and he'd have done more than Stallings did. Pitt fans so badly wanted Stallings gone that Mr. Potato Head could be coaching the team, and they'd think he was an upgrade. I've asked the question, why would anybody want this job? And actually, it's pretty simple. It's an ACC job, and you don't need to be successful right away. Sure, building a program up from scratch ain't easy, but Cable doesn't need the program to go on some meteoric rise. And consider this. Pitt doesn't have the ability to can this guy now after a few years. Pitt can't try to screw Stallings, fire him after two years, and then do the same thing to Capel. It can't happen. That would be a terrible look. It's something that like can't do. So Capel doesn't need to be great early, and he's likely got the keys to the car for more than a few years. That's excellent. And if he has some modicum of success, this is why he's really in the no-lose situation. He'll take over Duke. As soon as Coach K calls it quits. Hell, if he turns Pitt into a team that can contend for an NCAA tournament berth in the next few years, he will be the favorite for the Duke job. This is a no-lose situation for Capel. If he doesn't succeed at Pitt, he'll still be here getting paid. He's got built-in job security based on the previous administration's failure. And if he has success, he can take over at his alma mater. Jeff Capel is in a no-lose situation. Tom, is this a hard team? If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship. ship pardon me, weather <laughs> for the love of God, I didn't do it, man. Hard T, no hard, hard T. Devin, tea. what do you say? Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. That was come on, man. I got
2: love for you, man. You know that, man, don't you?
0: Love So it's not a hard T. I got love
2: for you. Was definitely
0: a hard no! T. No, yes. Yeah, see, thank you, Devin. Devin. Thank Devin. Thank You're gonna you. get oh, me fired, man.
2: Oh, I don't, don't want to do
0: that. I mean, Devin. What the heck, man? I'm gonna start calling you it Deva. I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling you Deva from now on. How about that? Oh, that's terrible. I'm gonna drop that <laughs> I'm gonna drop the wa- N, Devin. I'm gonna drop the N. I just want you to I just want you to own it, baby. <sighs> just own
1: it. it did, I did.
0: You didn't do it on purpose.
1: Hey I, Devin, let's be real, man. That was a hard T, right?
0: Huh? <laughs> it was a super hard T. No, 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 it's soft. It's soft. Picked. Anytime I say pitt, that's a hard T. But that time I did not use a hard tee. Oh. If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship. Ship, pardon me. Weather off for the love of it's God! It's such a hard tee. The best thing is, I was soft on the Pit tee there too.
1: Oh no! Don't don't try to go. No, back I was. I use, was soft on both of them. Don't use the Pit to. You no, know, you can't use that. Pit got the double tee. Happened. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. FCC, where you beat? Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I just got a text from somebody who was, uh, oh, wow. Wow, funny. Yeah, I just got a text from somebody that says, are you guys really playing this over and over again? Who's that from? It's somebody who means something. In the building? Mm, could be. Hmm. But, I mean, we're just trying to prove a point here. Like Tom, Tom, one more time here.
0: If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship, wo- ship pardon me, whether oh for the love of God. I couldn't
1: hear because you're beeping. Why would what happened? you beep it if you what didn't happened? say the T? Right? Th- you didn't say the T, right? I thought you didn't say the T. Tom, shut his off. mic off. No! And, and one more time here. One more time here. If things played
0: out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping shit- wo- ship, pardon me, whether oh for the love of God. That's a shit. I I mean that's a a shit. It's a shit. It's a
1: shit. It's a shit. We're all so fired. Let's go to
0: Isaac. Hey Crowley. Yeah, man. Dude, that's uh, I'm embarrassed that I
2: called you for for help now, and you're dropping cuss words. No,
0: Isaac. Dude, I've steered you wrong.
2: I will say, if I've ever heard a soft T, that is a soft
0: T. That's my boy.
2: I really, and I mean it with no bias, no, no personal interest. But, uh, oh, yeah, sure, there's, Isaac, there's, there's no there's bias at all. At the end of the tea. There is, and it's not, he pulled back.
0: I pulled back. That was a guttural sound you heard at the end. I don't know about that. That sounds like some BS. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Isaac guy's got game. Big time. He does have game. He gets the show. Uh, Isaac, I have to call you. We got to we got to work that out, by the way. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do call. Look at this guy, dropping hints now. He's dropping his on the show. Oh boy! Dropping all kind of hints.
1: We're in so much trouble. Are we? Yeah, probably. Who texted you? I can't say.
0: Will you tell me off the air?
1: Of course I will.
0: I need to get to break, and yeah. I still got
1: a minute and a half. Yeah.
0: How many I, times can you play it in the next minute and yeah, a half? Jesus Tom? Time How many to go times back. can you play? It?
1: Let's get it all out no,
0: before but, we're gone. So, but here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. If I really thought it was hard, we wouldn't be playing it, because that would get me in trouble. It ain't hard. It's science. We're
1: just trying to figure this. It's out. It's
0: also a slip. It's not as if I said, I'm going to run down to the can and take a bloop. <laughs> 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 That's not what happened. This is what happened. If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping ship, ship pardon me, Weather, oh for the love of God. Hey, Tom, play yesterday's audio where I didn't know the record of the new coach that Pitt just hired. Well, let's just pile on. It looks good on the surface. He checks all the boxes, but here's the thing: seven games under 500 in his coaching career as a head coach. He was actually four, four, and two down the stretch at Oklahoma. Oh, wait, no, that's the Penguins last year in the last ten.
1: Oh, games. come on! I can't read. That's the problem.
0: Jeff Capel was six games under 500 in his last two years at Oklahoma. In conference play, that's what I meant to
1: say. Okay, look, the moral that's what the, I meant to say. The moral of this uh, of this segment today is that um, that today you dropped a hard T, and yesterday you were full of ship.
0: Coming up next, Penguins fans, they need to calm the f- whoa, they need to calm the bleep down.
1: Nice working with you guys.
0: Crowley's up. If things played out well for him at Pitt, I could see him jumping shit. shit beep, beep, me. Beep, <laughs> beep, oh, for the love beep. of God.